selling pure filth at the airport terminal (laughs) it's up at the register at starbucks (laughs) yeah their baristas recommend it yes yeah their moms were all in on the prowl (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's just do it welcome to the rainbow report this is boss here with jeremy hello uh we're talking this week about more gay porn like we have been for the rest of the weeks before two weeks the past <laughs> oh man we have this is this is episode three of the rainbow report yes uh, and then we had a, a week with uh succula and the big snatch so overall i haven't had an erection in a month i'm sorry <laughs> uh, i've had plenty i've been making it up for everyone uh, I appreciate that. I You're guess. welcome. Yeah. Well, you know, I just want to make sure everyone's uh, getting their fair share of boners. And we. Uh, I can't redistribute mine as of yet. The redistribution of boners is a part of my platform. Yeah, the raincoat uh, platform. Yes. Just we're running on uh, for 2022. 2022, the year of the, the raincoat. Yeah. This year's the year of the cat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So this week we are talking about a film by Peter DeRome from, I believe it's 1974. That is correct. Titled Adam and Eve, or I believe it's Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. You don't pronounce the S because it's French. Yeah, that's a problem that they (laughs) have invented for themselves. (laughs) It is uh, an interesting film, again, directed by Peter DeRome. Yeah. You don't got much on this one, you said. Uh, no, I didn't. I, yeah. I spent all that time researching Centurions of Rome. You and, did great. That was, it's time for you to take a break. Uh, uh, I don't really have much on this one either. Uh, I have gay community news. Okay. To share. Or uh, ex-gay community news. Oh, okay. Uh, you might remember from a couple years ago, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, the uh, far-right rabble-rouser and uh, yeah. self-proclaimed dangerous faggot, was his oh, term yeah. for himself. Uh, after he fell out of grace, he's done like a whole bunch of stuff to try to get back in. Mm-hmm. His latest thing is being like an ex-gay and like conversion to Christianity. Oh. Um, so he, have, he reports, this is self-reported, that... Uh, Dogs stop barking at him, which he believes is a sign from God, <laughs> once he was no longer gay. So, gay people are just like uh, ghosts and like the sixth sense or like Damien and the omen and animals just instinctively distrust them. Uh, if you find yourself getting barked at by dogs, you're probably gay and you don't know it. I've always wondered why dogs barked at me, though, like <laughs> when like going up and down the street. 
But they seem to bark at everyone, so... Well, let, let Unless he, you're blessed by God, of course. Right. Let uh, he who is without sin not get barked at by dogs. Yeah. Jeez. Did they, they teach you that in Catholic school? No. Oh, okay. But this is like some kind of like weird medieval like Catholic saint thing that would happen anyway, though. Like, <laughs> he would... They'd like report that he would like be able to halt the tongues of animals or something like that. Um, so that's all I've got on this film in particular. Uh, I just thought that was very, very funny and worth bringing up during this month long celebration. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From what I could tell, I, I was looking and I couldn't find a DVD of this one. Yeah. I'm um, so this was, this seems like it, it's still kind of hard to get a hold of. Yeah. I found it through this book of like 70s advertisements i had and there was like a section on posters and mm -hmm. this was one of them and i was like that sounds cool um so i stored it in my memory bank and then i was like let's watch that one um, and that's all the research i did <laughs> excellent yes well uh this film is notable for various reasons but one of the reasons is it is the uh Last on-screen appearance of Greta Garbo. Oh, yeah. That's why I remembered. That's why I brought it up to you. <laughs> I wanted to see that. Um, and uh, her appearance appears to be from some out-of-a-window uh, shot of her just walking down the street in New York. Yeah, and just stopping to talk to someone and then yeah. wandering away out of sight. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was just Peter DeRome stalking her, I guess, around New York. Yeah. Uh, just hoping to get a shot of her. Very good stuff. It shows up in the movie in a way that doesn't really add to it. Right, no. But uh, it's pretty interesting. It's yeah. just a little film fact. Fun little film fact. Yeah, a little nugget you can take and eat. <laughs> All right, so that's that's adam and eve for you that's uh don't a, forget your raincoat okay yes uh but we did take notes i think on the actual film right uh yes uh, i did yeah i took some notes uh we had trouble you like you said we this one didn't have a dvd so you had some trouble finding a good copy and we ended up going to the tried and true uh source of google to finally find a copy <laughs> uh yes uh you know if uh, a studio wants to put this out <laughs> I would have been happy to buy it, but they didn't. So, no. uh, you know, what are you going to do? I've got a job to do here, guys. Yeah. Um, you know. This is important. Yeah, it's journalism, right? Yes, it is spermalism. Spermalism? Spermalism. Oh, it is spermalism. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I had to check my notes. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you took enough notes to be able to confirm that. Um. So I got my undergrad degree and was a major in spermalism. Oh, yeah. It's weird that I forgot that. <laughs> but I've forgotten a lot. <laughs> you, you're amazing brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but the copy you were able to, like, procure and upload was unwatchable. Uh, yes. It, it was, uh, I tried for, like, up through the credits. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, this is not going to happen. Yeah, uh, I also, I was trying to find, uh, uh, what was it, a sex tool? Yeah, no luck uh, there either. And uh, I found a version that was, if you think that this was unwatchable, 
buddy, you ain't seen nothing yet. You should, huh. you should uh, fire up that version and take a look at it. It's. I'll try. It's. I'll try it later. Awful. But uh, apparently, Altered Innocence is doing screenings of Sex Tool and another one of his films. L.A. Plays Itself. Yes. Yeah, they're doing those, uh, I think, throughout this month. I don't know the exact dates, but if you look up Altered Innocence, you'll find it. Yes, and uh, I believe that it's going to end up being a home video release in the Mm. near future as well. So I like that it goes like a circuit, like a like a tour circuit and then you get it later on yeah it's just like the old days yeah stuff would be out in theaters first even though this is all like 50 years old right <laughs> but uh yeah the films of fred halstead uh previously only available in terrible quality mm-hmm. and apparently that what was available on vhs was also cut anyway so that makes sense uh, these will be uncut so awesome Excellent. i hope to see everything uncut uh, yes, uh, this, uh, Adam and Eve's, mm-hmm. uh, IMDB says it's an hour and 30 minutes, and what I found, both places that I found it were, like, 72, 73 minutes. See, that's all, I, I looked it up, and I thought it said, like, 70 minutes, but... I think that IMDB might just be wrong. I think it might be. Because I, I didn't feel like anything was cut from the film. If anything, that seemed like there may have been things in the film that... Should have been cut. Should have been cut. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. Well, let's roll on into yeah, uh, this world of uh, sweet summer days and times gone by. Yes. Uh, so we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about Adam and Eve. Yes. Or maybe it's then he kissed me. It's one of those girl group beats. <laughs> Listen, Jeremy. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve. I know. Wait. <laughs> Let's press on. <laughs> Springtime. Gay Paris. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, welcome to Gay Paris for Adam and Eve. In this case, it's Hand in Hand presenting a film by Peter DeRome. Okay. Uh, we get a red upside down star getting drawn on the screen. That seems a, to be the icon. It's called a pentagram. It's yeah, I guess. Is that uh, is that not part of the film? Is it like laid out over Paris? Is that what that is? It's supposed to be. Maybe I, I don't so. understand what's happening. What it reminds me of is this Spawn versus Batman comic that I had as a kid, <laughs> where there was like some like satanic terrorist like in gotham who was like blowing stuff up in like the shape of a pentagram oh yeah i remember them figuring that out and i think somehow by the end uh batman had changed it to like a smiley face or something seems more (laughs) like a joker move but my memory is hazy at best 
Yeah, we've established that. Yeah, this was like back in like 1996, so... Yeah, you should have a better memory of the things that happened 25 years ago. It would be pretty good if I ever had to appear in a court of law about something that happened 25 years ago. <laughs> or even a month ago, really. <laughs> or yesterday. Nice. God, yesterday, I can... All my trouble seems so far away. <laughs> I, I don't remember yesterday. So, <laughs> after our opening credits, we see a bunch of shots around Paris. A lot of shots around Paris. Oh, did you get an ad for Jerkmate when you watched this? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> did you sign up for Jerkmate? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, uh, I can't have them showing up at my parents' house. All these <laughs> Jerkmates. That's what is it that is. Is that how it works? I think so. It's like, uh... Postmates, right? <laughs> <laughs> like someone comes, schedule a jerk, and they come by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. That is cool. It's a good business, except I think it's basically prostitution, which is illegal. I think it's fine as long as you use your dad's credit card for it. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go home and order some jerk mates. <laughs> um, you talk about this movie. Okay, so uh, we get like multiple minutes of establishing shots and shots around Paris, uh, mm -hmm. driving around and such. You know, this terrifying European roundabout. Yes, uh, that's one thing that I noted is uh, just like traffic in Europe yeah. is scary. Yeah, it gives me anxiety thinking about <laughs> having to... Like, there's not even like lines on the road. There's just a bunch of cars going in a circle. Yeah, they're not like in the lanes or anything. <laughs> so they're just like milling about like... Kind of like fish that are just kind of waiting to crash into each other. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure they're used to it. I'm used to like our real basic, stupid American person turnabouts. Yeah. Or whatever they're called. Uh, roundabout. Yeah, they're kind of terrible in their own way, but they're, this is worse. Yeah, they usually at least only have one lane of traffic. Yeah. And there are lines. So, uh, we get to see two characters meeting at an outside cafe. Um, they're watching a dude spitting flames. That's pretty cool. The music that's playing is apparently music that's on the radio. It oh. stops when he gets out of this car and turns off the radio. Oh, nice. But then it resumes later on without it. So, <laughs> very <laughs> half-assed choice. Very confused. Yes. So, uh, as they're... Meeting at this table at this cafe, a uh, man walks by, a mustachioed man. Just to make sure that I've got this right, we've got Eve at the table with... At this point, it's just with some guy, right? Yeah, that guy's not important. But the it's, guy who walks by is Adam, right? Yeah, the blonde guy. Okay, yes. yeah. Okay, uh -huh. I was I was just making sure, because at first, like, I didn't know who anybody was, so I thought maybe it was Adam and Eve at this table together. No, they don't but know. But this is Adam. Okay, so just making sure. I thought that was what happened. Yes. So Eve is taken aback by this mustachioed man walking by who is uh, Adam, although Eve doesn't know that. Uh, which is an important plot point here. So Adam's played by Michael Hardwick. Yes. And Eve is played by Marcus Giovanni. Eve's friend notices that uh, he's very intrigued by the man walking by, so he tells him, Okay, Eve, go get him. Eve hesitates for a moment, and then he starts to follow Adam. 
he follows him as he goes back to uh, what I guess is like an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eve kind of follows him up to the building and uh, knocks on the door and is let in. Eve walks around the room that they're in, kind of looking around, circling. He tells Adam that there should be an armchair by the fireplace, and Adam says that he usually keeps one by the window. They trot around the room a bit more, and Eve stops in front of a window and looks out. Then Adam comes up behind him, starts to slowly pull off Eve's coat. Mm -hmm. He then unbuttons Eve's shirt, and then he picks him up, and then lays him down on the floor before he starts to pull off Eve's pants and slides his shoes off. Adam slides his pants far enough down just to fuck, and then he fucks Eve. He does. It's a very athletic performance. Yes. First, it's kind of missionary sex with Eve on his back, and then uh, he flips him over and he starts to do it doggy style, kind of semi-prone on the floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, This goes on a bit. And finally, Adam pulls out and drops a thick load on the back of Eve's shirt. He sure does. Uh, He should pay for Eve's dry cleaning. Yes, he should. He ruined a perfectly good shirt. Yeah, he could have easily came on his bare ass. Yes, I agree with you on that. that uh, Especially the first time you're meeting somebody, that's a bad first impression. Yeah. Yeah. Don't come on that blue suede shirt. Yeah, that's that's what the king said. (laughs) Yeah. I what was I gonna say? Oh, he does like uh, he does kind of like a push up where like when he does like doggy style, like where his whole body goes like rigid. Oh yeah, and he's really, really going at it. Yeah, he really is. hammering it home. <laughs> <laughs> After he comes, Adam collapses on top of Eve for a minute, and then they kind of just roll away from each other on the floor. They're still kind of laying on the floor, and then Adam apologizes, saying he didn't introduce himself. But Eve says he doesn't want to know his name. Eve says, that's the way it has to happen, remember? And Adam says, remember what? And Eve says, oh, les Americans." Yeah. I'm tired of going to other countries for sex tourism and getting treated like some kind of ignorant pig. <laughs> you know? It's always happening. Yeah, he... Doesn't bother to actually explain it to him, but clearly here Eve wants anonymous sex. So uh, they do not introduce each other uh, by name. Yeah, I don't think Adam is ever actually named in the film either. Uh, I don't think so. so There's just a like moment a sim- at the end. Yeah. Is there one at the end where he names When... Him? I'll point it out when okay, it happens. Okay, yeah, let's get there. So we cut to some shots of the city... Eve and Adam are out and about, going to various places, walking about, looking at stores, so on and so forth. We see them outside a church as some bells ring. And then we see them, it looks like they're looking out the the window of a church. He says, I think we're just in time to witness a French custom. They call it, and then there was a French name for it, or he says... Or the poor man's rumbaba or something? Something like that. And I don't understand what happens here. I think a couple dudes went into some booth together, but there's also a bunch of dudes walking around carrying long baguettes. Yeah, there's a lot of people. It's just like a montage of just people wandering around Paris with baguettes, which (laughs) is very funny. (laughs) I did not understand this scene at all. No, I didn't either. Uh, 
but there's a man who has like a bunch just like stuffed into like a briefcase <laughs> or they're just like jammed and out of like in every direction uh I assume that if nothing else, it's phallic symbolism, but I, think, I don't quite get it. I believe so, and also it's it's to dig at the French people and their love of bread. <laughs> we then see them driving around, and E says that he likes to come here to get away from the world. They're driving through some park area. Eve asks Adam if they have days like this in New York. Adam says yes, and then Eve asks if he has a lover in New York. He says yes, but not like you. So, at this point, Adam starts to tell a story about a uh, sexual encounter that he had in New York. Mm -hmm. He says, it was a day, a day like today, a day for a lay, a day for a blow, or to be blown. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Adam's a poet. Yes, uh, this scene is full of very descriptive language that i took very few notes of i took um, a couple little uh snippets out uh but it, their it's, favorite it's, phrases it's uh very well done uh i think that it adds to the eroticism of the scene him describing what's happening in uh, slightly more descriptive penthouse forum type yeah uh, it's it's nice though it's flowery it's language yeah it does a good job of like keeping you in like reference that it's a memory yes yeah he and he does like i guess just such a good job like he creates like these literal picture of his words yes in a way uh it's good i like it it's a i think it's probably one of the better sex scenes in the film so adam talks about how he was walking down the street and uh he sees this guy and admires his curves and his tight pants bulge uh he was a bit nervous, but he approached him and finally invited him to his place. As Adam's talking in the narration about what happens, they talk a bit and get to know each other. He notes that his chin was strong, his mouth sucky. <laughs> he touched his thigh and the guy told him to move closer and he unzips his fly. He gives a very detailed description of him pulling out the guy's cock. Yeah. He, uh, amongst other things, he says, nearly nine inches long and two inches thick. I tested its strength uh, with a squeeze. Yes, he calls it a shaft of noble dimensions. <laughs> yes. Oh, correction. I tested its length and strength with a squeeze. Oh, excellent. <laughs> uh, he got down to blow him, but the stranger pushed him away and then got up and undressed completely. Adam describes his dick in detail and started to blow him, and they get up and press against each other. Uh, then the stranger laid down on the bed, and Adam started to kiss and caress his body. Uh, Adam says, shall I rim you? Uh, he describes his balls as two Herculean eggs. Yes. <laughs> Which is uh, a good way to describe them. Balls in general. Adam says, I nosed my way in along the shaggy slopes. Yeah, that was another one that actually that I wrote down. <laughs> I was like, these are interesting. And he started to blow the stranger. He slipped a finger in his ass and massaged him from inside, as he says. Eventually, the stranger came on Adam's face. Yes, it was, uh, it was a good facial in both uh, presentation and uh, volume. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> 
So we see more shots around Paris, and Adam asks Eve his name, and uh, he says no, and is very guarded. Neve says it's finally time that Adam sees more of Gay Paris. So uh, Eve takes him to where Oscar Wilde died, and then to the graveyard where they visit Oscar Wilde's grave. Yes. Eve says that he's worried that he doesn't have friends, only lovers like Oscar Wilde. Adam asks if he's only a lover, and Eve asks, isn't that enough? Then we see them outside a theater, and uh, there's a marquee about Mm -hmm. Jean Cocteau. Yep. And Adam asks if Jean Cocteau was the one who compared France to a cock crowing on top of a garbage dump. And Eve corrects him, and he says, no, it was on top of a dung heap. Adam asks, what's the difference? And... Eve says, take away the dung, and the cock dies. I don't 100% get this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, French people are always saying stuff that sounds really smart, but (laughs) I don't know. They're just doing a lot of uh, a laudanum and uh, doing crimes. So Eve takes uh, Adam to this old abandoned chapel. And explains to Adam that there's a surprise behind every keyhole. So they look through this hole in the wall, and there's this faceless naked guy masturbating slowly. Which is a best case scenario, I feel like, because I think they describe this as like a home for lepers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this it, guy did not appear to be a leper. He no. was a very in shape, muscular, yeah. uh, non leprosy ridden <laughs> gentleman. Yes, he was a. Uh... A true specimen of the species. Um, This goes on for quite a while. Um, We do eventually see his face, but the music gets really epic as he's rubbing his abs and holding his balls and stroking. And after a few minutes, he finally comes. I will say they did kind of edit this pretty nicely Mm -hmm. with like the superimposing like larger shots of the body over like close ups and vice versa and stuff. So doesn't quite fit in with the film right which is a little problem this movie has but uh at least it looks nice yeah 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 it is long though i'll grant you that it goes yeah. on because it stops the whole movie just for that and it doesn't really yeah, it doesn't advance anything right so then we see eve and adam at a table uh they're in front of a fireplace but also there's a bunch of candles at the table adam asks eve his name again and eve says that it's against the rules and it's at this point, I didn't quite get how this fit in, but Eve starts, Eve makes some sort of allusion to Greta Garbo here. Yeah, he, it's a line from uh, one of her films. That's I got what I've you. heard. Okay. Yeah, that's what I found in my brief research. So it's at this point that we see the stolen Greta Garbo footage. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it seems to be a faraway shot, probably from a window somewhere. Yeah. That's like, just tracking her walking down the street. Yeah. Um eventually she stops to talk to someone and i have to imagine the conversation is like i think someone's stalking me and the person's like well i can't do anything about that and she's like okay i'll have a good day and then wanders off is uh more or less how that went down um it's pretty interesting apparently she never knew about it either which i mean how would you right uh, <laughs> so yeah adam talks about how he saw her once in new york and that's where we see this footage, mm-hmm. and he mentions it was one of the most exciting moments in his life. 
We see Eve walking around the room kissing various things, and then he approaches Adam, starts to kiss down Adam's body and unbutton his pants. They both undress here and lay down in front of the fire. They continue to kiss, and Eve starts to finger Adam a bit, and then he pulls his legs up and starts to stroke him. Uh, Then Adam rolls over, and Eve lubes him up and fingers him a bit more. Um, I keep expecting them to fuck, but they don't for a long period of time. Lots of foreplay here. Yeah. Um, but then they do. Yes. And they're, uh, fucking in a kind of semi-prone doggy position on the floor. It's a very classy soundtrack playing here. It sure is. <laughs> uh, so they go at it for a while. Eve blows Adam a bit, and then we finally see Adam come on his belly. Yes. Adam looks to really have enjoyed himself. It looks like he had his soul sucked out <laughs> for like about a minute. Like his eyes are just like gone. <laughs> that's a, that's a sign of a good sucking. Yes, it is. When your whole soul is sucked out of your body. Yeah. At least temporarily. Like when you <laughs> sneeze, it's your soul. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why you have to say God bless you. Yeah. I didn't learn that at Catholic school. I learned that on the Simpsons. Right. <laughs> But it's it's equally important and valid information coming from The Simpsons. Yeah, those were the two main sources of my development. (laughs) So, we see more driving footage, and this movie has a lot of it. Uh, This time, they're driving around, and we see a bunch of marquees for theaters. Eve says it's Adam's turn to play a game. Adam says he's already playing his game, but it's a game for one. So we keep seeing some French theater signs, of course, you know, titles for films in French. But as it's happening, we see a transition and we start seeing some uh, some English movie titles. In mm-hmm. fact, a bunch of 42nd Street exploitation titles, yeah. mostly black exploitation yes, titles. Yes, there's quite a few black exploitation titles, uh, some minor ones, but also Shaft. Yeah. There's a big marquee with the N word that's. I don't know the whole name of the film. Yeah. That was something I noticed, and I was like, I wonder what that one is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the music has also kind of been picking up like this whole time, too. So we get this uh, this funk song mm-hmm. in the in the spirit of, like, Shaft or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's called, like, Honey Man. Yeah, it's Honey Man, uh, which later in the credits I saw that the words were by Peter DeRome. So this That's is a, like a made-for-this-film song. I love song. it. Uh, and it's good. It is a good song, and it's good that it's good because it plays for like ten minutes. Yeah, it's the classic funk beat, ten minutes long. So we see a bunch of people going in and to and out of theaters, and a bunch of out of focus shots within the theater of like people uh, watching movies and stuff. And uh, eventually, we see some people walking into the bathroom, and a dude takes a piss at a urinal. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see his dick as he's taking a piss. And then another guy walks in and pees. And then we see the first dude looking at the second dude's dick as he's peeing. Yeah. I walked into a bathroom one time and I saw this guy's dick. It was really big. Oh. I was just walking like a truck stop. I just wandered in and he was just standing way back from the urinal because he had such a big dick. <laughs> and I was like, damn. But, uh, <laughs> then I left. I was like... That's too much. I can't perform around this. (laughs) (laughs) 
so the two guys who are peeing, we see them start to really stroke it at the urinal side by side. A third dude walks up and he's peeing, but he also starts to stroke. And basically all the dudes in this bathroom are hanging out, hanging dong to this soulful funk song. Yeah. Then, before we know it, more people are in the bathroom and we see these two side-by-side blowjobs in front of the urinals. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I'd be really upset if I had to pee and this was happening in front of the urinals. Yeah, it's a real crowded scene at the urinal. Like, not that I have a problem with what they're doing. It's just, like, I think about when I went to see The Return of the King in the theaters. Mm -hmm. And that movie has, like, four parts where you think that the movie's over and it doesn't. And so after, like, four hours, I had to pee so bad I would just die. And I just think about what would have happened if 13, 15-year-old me, however old I was when that movie came out, uh walked into the bathroom having to pee, almost peeing my pants. And then there's just a couple uh, couple groups of dudes just blowing each other in front of the urinals. And I'm like, oh my God, I just need to pee. I think, thankfully, this might not be the kind of place they have like a lot of kids coming in. Yeah, I get that um, impression. <laughs> maybe there's a bathroom, like, they have like cruising and non-cruising bathrooms for maybe. their customer convenience. Um, they're probably, I think that the stalls were probably open. They might have been. Who knows what was going on behind closed doors? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I probably could have made a beeline for a sink or something if it came down to it. He was just pissing the sink instead of getting too close to him? Uh, maybe. Although there was one guy stroking into the sink at one point, so I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you think you're safe at the sink and you get over there and there's just a big load on the knobs? (laughs) Like, ah, nothing for you. You can't turn the water on, so the sink's just full of piss and cum. Uh, and it's like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta <laughs> get back to my, say, fantasy world with elves and dwarves where there aren't gangs of men just railing each other in the bathroom, getting cum on all the uh, facilities. Uh, so. Um, so, so after this happens for a while, there's some dudes that start fucking each other. I'm just thinking to myself, what movie is this? Yeah, I wrote that in my notes because, uh, because I know we were watching it from kind of like a source. Right. So I was wondering, I was like, did someone just cut this in? Like, cause it kind of made sense at first. And at any moment I expected like the main characters to come in and maybe be like the center of like. It's kind of like interracial orgy type thing. Right. But that did not happen. You're right. It did not. No. So. Uh, but the, and the the orgy continued anyway. Yes. Uh, in fact, a guy lays down face first on the floor to get fucked. Uh, I would not do that. I saw a man doing it. I think he's probably homeless, but I have seen people like just laying out in like bathrooms and stuff. And I'm like, I guess do what you got to do, but. Bleh. Yeah, it's just, it's just uh, the OCD side of me just, like, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, it would, yeah, I don't want to, probably also got to be, like, a smell down there, too. I'm sure, especially considering the activities that apparently happen in this bathroom. Yeah. So. Public bathrooms <laughs> are, uh, I think they're a net positive, because people got to go to the bathroom somewhere. Right. But, at what cost? Yeah, that's one thing that I appreciate about the pandemic is I haven't had to use very many public bathrooms recently. That's good. 
you're <laughs> still in poor shape. I'll let you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so yeah, that that one guy lays down on the floor to get fucked, and a uh, guy starts to fuck him. Uh, then one guy who's standing around uh, comes on the back of the guy who's fucking on the floor, and uh, then the dude takes his coat coat off. <laughs> Uh, again, that should be a dry cleaning uh, done by that gentleman. That mm-hmm. is uh, just courtesy. Yeah. So it's like his Indiana Hoosiers jacket or something. Some yeah, guy has, it's something Indiana, yeah. Someone has, yeah, he has like an Indiana jacket, which was strange because this film takes place in France, but maybe not this scene. Well, this scene I'm pretty sure is supposed to be in New York. See, is it? Because we transition to all those exploitation theaters and yeah. stuff. I assumed it was supposed to be like I thought maybe, Adam telling a story or something. Yeah. The last one he narrated though, I don't know what's going yeah. on with this scene. This one's lost on me, but yeah, we see a bunch of coming around the room mm-hmm. and everybody's finishing off. One dude comes in the sink as I of course, noted. Yes. Uh, then we see Adam and Eve driving Adam suggests that maybe one day you can come to New York and he can show him what he's been missing. See, now, I feel like if he'd said that line and then they transitioned, that would have made a lot more sense. Right. <laughs> but let's just save it till after. Um, Eve seems to be dropping Adam off at the airport. Adam suggests that they need to end it the right way. No name, nothing else. Just drive off and don't look back. So... Adam leans in and kisses Eve, and at this point we see uh, there's a bracelet on Adam's arm that says Adam on it. Oh, okay. Excellent. Uh, And that was our identification of Adam in the film. They kiss, and Eve drives away. Then we see Eve driving through the park to slow music, and Eve stops and sees a guy getting blown in the park. And the guy climaxes, and it appears to be a woman who he pays there. Then she throws down, I think it's a condom. I think he came on her face and she didn't like that. So I think it might be like a, like a rag. Oh, that would make sense. Okay. So regardless of what it is, it is a, uh, come covered thing of some sort. Come object. And, uh, after, (laughs) uh, after the gentleman and the hooker wander off, this guy comes out of the woods and picks up whatever it was and walks away with it. Yeah, he's very pleased with it. Yes, he is. He's called the collector in the credits. <laughs> so that's his... That's an excellent name for him. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we hear a voiceover uh, recalling the scene earlier where Adam asked, wasn't it Cocteau who compared France to a cock crowing on top of a garbage dump? Neve says, no, a dung heap. Adam asks, what's the difference? And Eve says, take away the dung, and the cock dies. And then we get our credits. Mm-hmm. And that was Adam and Eve. Sure was. I like the little thing at the ending. It seems kind of like a commentary on the different ways between, I guess, maybe like straight people and gay people at the time kind of viewed casual sex. Hmm. Um, maybe in a that. sense, like... They had, like, a whole, like, toward love affair that lasted some unspecified span of time. Yeah. They don't know each other's names, but these other people were just, like, a quick one in the park. Yeah. And it's the same thing, but it's done completely differently. Yeah. Uh, and there's a little collector. Yeah, and then the collector. I love him. He's a... I will say he's my favorite character in the film. Yeah, he's a... 
I want to. I want to see the spinoff about his life. I was thinking that he is like one of the people from like the Marvel movies who has like one of the Infinity Stones. I think one of them is like just named the Collector. So um, I like to imagine that's him, and he has one like somewhere like in his pockets full of rumpled cum uh, tributes. Excellent. Yeah, he's got specimen jars at home and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, we need to really learn more about him. So yes, uh, this was the first film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it was. So uh, that's really, reason they, enough. They Disney laid the groundwork. Really, Disney really needs to release this one on 4K disc like the other Marvel Cinematic films. Yeah, that would be good. This is my favorite of those films. I will say that it probably is mine as well, yes. Excellent. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about the very first Marvel Cinematic film, Ant Adam Man. and Eve. Ant-Man and Eve. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking tough tonight. It is some stuff tonight. Honey man. Yeah. Feeling in the mood for some real soul food. Honey man. Meet my sweet tonight. It's meet sweet tonight. Honey man. Do it all with you, the holy man. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, you better wrap it up. I'll take it. Take it, wrap it up. Okay, I'm taking over the rainbow review. Yes, uh, take over the rainbow review. Okay. Um, This film, I think, is a... uh, Somewhat of a mixed bag of a film, I would say. On the one hand, you have the story of Adam and Eve, which I think is full of some really good, uh, fairly intense erotic moments. On mm-hmm. the other hand, you have like 20 minutes of film that don't really connect with anything else that happens. Right. That kind of bring the good stuff kind of to a crashing halt. Um, and not just the orgy scene at the end, but like, even like that guy just kind of masturbating for forever. And so it's a, it's a pretty short film. So I feel like at the end you get about 40 minutes of what you really wanted. Right. And then about, you know, like I said, 20 minutes of filler, maybe a little less. Um, I liked both leading roles. I thought they were, uh, both attractive and had some pretty good chemistry together. Mm hmm. Uh, I thought the music was interesting in places. It was kind of chirpy at some points. Um, kind of like, I don't know, like public film-like music. Okay, yeah. Like the sort of thing you might hear in like a PSA or something. But at other times, it got pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, and also, there's Honey Man. Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, the film... I don't really want to say too much about how the film looks because of how we had to watch it. Yeah, it's kind of uh, hard the, to judge that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the footage of Greta Garbo is, stands out as being particularly bad <laughs> just from uh, its provenance being recorded several f- hundred feet in the air. 
Right. Uh, <laughs> stories above the street. Uh, overall, I would say it's not the strongest film we've covered so far. And it may end up being the weakest, but I still found things in it to enjoy. I think the main thrust of uh, this kind of nameless erotic affair is pretty good. And I really wish they had Peter had spent more time developing that. Uh, but I don't know really what stopped him. Besides maybe having this other footage ready to go and just wanted to call it a day at the end. Right. But uh, I would say because of things like that, yeah, I can only give it probably about a three. Uh, I'd like to give it more, but I do feel like the strengths of the films don't overcome the limitations. Okay. Yeah. That's understandable. So I did some more Googling. It looks like this is available on DVD. I just didn't find it when oh. I first looked. So uh, now you got to pay. Now I have to pay. This is an interesting movie. Um, I think that it does some things very well as far as eroticism is concerned. Mm -hmm. um, and in that sense, I think that it's more successful in that than Centurions of Rome in certain scenes, at least. Sure. But at the same time, this film's plot is very loose, especially since like it kind of falls into tangents along the way. Yeah. Like, it's about this relationship between these two gentlemen in France having their uh, kind of uh, vacation fling, which is something that I feel like people can identify with, at mm -hmm. least uh, even if they haven't experienced it in real life. It's something that uh, has been in a lot of movies and right. stuff like that, and it's something that people can kind of latch on to, but... I feel like, like it doesn't get explored very thoroughly here. Right. Yeah. Um, There's hints at it. Right. Which is a thing that French people like to do to be clever. <laughs> they like to hint that something good's going on. Right. When really it's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> uh, a cock crowing on top of a donkey. Yes. Just like John Paris in France. Yeah. Just like Paris, France. They're, um, they're gaslighting you into thinking they have deep ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, the history of the people of France. These Frenchies. These frogs are gaslighting us. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's there's some stuff going on here. Um, again, uh, you know, a lot of the eroticism fails for me because I'm not into dudes having sex again. Yeah. So that kind of works against it. You keep saying that every uh, episode. I'm going to start doubting it. <laughs> um, because of that I found myself getting kind of bored in some of the scenes particularly the ones that were just kind of long mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know there was some interesting stuff going on even though I wasn't super into the sex scene I did appreciate the scene that Adam narrated and mm -hmm. telling the story you know that was pretty cool is good. It's not something I think we've really seen in any of the other films we've covered either. Not really. Nothing no. I can like really think of. They might have had like patches of narration, but I don't think I've right. seen like a whole narrated like like maybe like something like Altar of Lust when she's like recounting. <laughs> but I really don't. This yeah. is done at a higher level than that. Certainly. <laughs> um, overall, I give it two and a half stars. That seems fair. Yeah. 
So uh, that's week three of the Rainbow Report. Mm -hmm. The old ship's chugging along smoothly. Yep, we got two more episodes, so uh, we've got a couple things we have to kind of figure out. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to figure out our programming and uh, where to go from there. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) All right. Jeremy's falling apart, so uh, that's usually our... That's usually our signal to go ahead and wrap things up. So you're real squirrely after about like three hours of podcasting. That's fair. <laughs> so uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. And if you're going to stock old celebrities uh, across New York, don't forget your raincoat. Yes. <laughs>